Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia Murder. I'm Gabriel Moyer. Eric Green from Simple Tour. Ross Dolan from Immolation. This is Anthony Michael. We are Gorgasm. This is Melifon Crater. We have learned to see a bad account. Terrence from Suffocation. Phantasm Podcast. Join your host, Corey Gorkrest and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofphantasm.com. The only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Sell the metal! Dr. Vincent West. Hello, sir, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, my friend. TriStar Pictures logo here. It's another classic version of Phantasm here, just doing the film, doing the doctor across the way, still in the COVID era of Phantasm. Doctor, what film do we have? Courtesy of HBO. We're watching The Hitcher. The moment he stops, the terror starts. I got prayed by this guy who picked up hitchhikes. You believe me? The Hitcher, rated R, starts Friday at a theater near you. From 1986. Late and great wrecker Hauer. One of his best fucking roles. Uh, this movie's just really good. It's. It's classic. It, it kind of gets thrown under the rug a little bit when it shouldn't. It's actually a very good movie. Um, but, you know, it's just... This is an awful premise, too. Yeah, you can barely see it. Way to go there, HBO. Now, do you have, like, the HBO Max? Is that what you have, too? Mm-mm. Okay. Because I know there's... I just have HBO on demand through cable. Oh, okay. Yeah, because mine kind of... I had, like, HBO Go... Forgot Jennifer Jason Lee's in this. Um, I have HBO Go and it kind of converted into HBO Max, so that's like what it is now. But, I mean, I guess technically it's kind of it's the same shit, but the HBO Max is like but the an thing app. is, is I don't have all the, all the I don't have access to all those you know things. So. Yeah. Mark Isham, very famous composer. I have to look him up, but he's done a ton of scores to stuff. Good stuff, too. Um, Who was it? I didn't see it. Mark Isham. Uh, or Isham, however you say that. But, but he's done a bunch of scores to a bunch of movies that I like. Did uh, Point Break, um, mm-hmm. Of Mice and Men, Blade. Uh, like I said, he's done some great shit. He's a really underrated composer. And for you guys watching this, if you've never seen this movie, there's a remake of this film that Sean Bean did. 
from like 2000, <clears throat> I think, something like that. And it's really good too. And yeah. I normally like remakes. It's, it's damn good. They do a good job with it. I actually haven't seen it. I don't even have a preference. Like, I love the old one, but normally I would love the old one more. But honestly, I think both of them are great films. But <clears throat> seeing Thomas Howell has been in some of my favorite movies. He did a movie called Side Out that I absolutely still to this day love and I'm on DVD because there's no Blu-ray. He's in uh, Red Dawn, isn't he? He's in a bunch of great movies, but Side Out... I don't know why I love that movie. I could watch that movie every day. And his uncle and that's the guy that played Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Also famously uh, Outsiders, too. He's in. Oh, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, he is in the new Suicide Squad. Oh, no, it's the, an- the animated thing. The animated thing he did. Oh, that's awesome. That Hell to Pay thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He was, uh... Let me see who he was in that. He was a voice for somebody. <clears throat> voice cast. Really underrated actor. I actually always liked this guy. I grew up with him. He's just, he's just a good actor. He was Professor Zoom and Reverse Flash. That's awesome. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, see Thomas Howell's a shit. Roker Howard, of course. He's directed by... Uh, a Robert Harmon. Kind of they do too many notable things. Like, he did Nowhere to Run. That's with John claude Van Damme. Um, trying to see what else he did here. My main thing with this is why would you ever pick somebody up on the side of the road? Because I would not. Some people used to do that, man. Especially in the... You could just start off this movie by just saying don't pick up hitchhikers I guess is the moral of this whole film yeah no totally I guess it for the people that somehow did you know <laughs> think it was okay to just pick someone up on the side of the road you know uh, I'm saying my biggest plot flaw with this entire film as a kid even as a child when I saw this was why in God's name would you pick up a fucking Hitchhiker, if you're going to pick one up, at least pick up a hot chick, not a f- some dude wearing a trench coat in the rain. Yeah. That just screams problem, you know? And he doesn't look uh, too enticing to pick up anyway. His character in this movie is very similar to me as the character that he plays in Blade Runner. Yeah. He's very dark and brooding, and and it's also similar to the character that he played in Nighthawks with Billy Dee Williams and Stallone, where he's he's an international bomber. Another great film, but yeah, uh, he... He's pretty cerebral. Honestly, I think one of the best actors, like, from my childhood. Like, I I really think he's unsung. He's great. He's great in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's great in everything he's ever been in. Yeah. He is, he's phenomenal. He's just so cerebral in what he does. It's uncanny, you know. He's one of a kind actor for sure. Now, Ed, Eric Red, who uh, was the screenwriter for this, uh, he also did a little film called uh, Near Dark. So, same guy wrote this. It's beautiful. And that, what a, you know, that movie too, what a fucking cast. It's an awesome movie. 
see what else he did. He also produced screenplays. Did Blue Steel, Body Parts, Bad Moon. So he's got some good shit. Seen all those movies. Let me see what else here we can <clears throat> dig up in this movie. Let's some INDB shit for a minute while we're getting the vibe set here. I always love the way this film just plays out. It's fucking, it's just morbid. And, and the other thing with this movie is, is, I mean, even with no audio on, you can just tell the fucking Rucker Howard is menacing. Like, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, he sells it. I'll be honest with you. This is morbid to actually say this without getting too much into my personal life, and I'll just say this. This would be like Corey picking me up on the side of the road right now. (laughs) I can see it. You really should never pick up Dr. West on the side of the road. (laughs) I mean, seriously, he's just brooding. Look at him. It's fucking awesome. Let's see, I go into some trivia here, and this goes right into what you just said. C. Thomas Howell admitted that he was actually afraid of Rucker Hauer on and off the set because of Hauer's general intensity. (laughs) (laughs) Rucker Hauer did a lot of the stunt driving throughout the movie, which amazed the crew and even the real stunt drivers. So he's just a fucking all-around badass. He's like, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to drive my own car. In Rucker Hauer's book, All Those Moments, Hauer mentioned how executive producer Edward S. Feldman settled on Sam Elliott for the role of John Ryder. Hauer states that apparently Elliott was so scary when he came in to audition that Edward S. Feldman was afraid to go out to his car afterward. Sam Elliott had a scheduling conflict and had to back out of the role. Hold on, stop right there. You're telling me Sam Elliott, one of my favorite actors on the planet, was supposed to play this role? Yeah. Dude, that would have been fucking bitching too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Especially That's the like, coolest thing you have said <laughs> in months on this podcast. <laughs> Especially since, uh, like, you know, it's like Roadhouse, fucking Sam Elliott. God damn. Well, that's the same era. That's right. Exactly. Around that, you know. Yeah. Let's see. The original script was long enough to make a three-hour movie. Scenes that were never filmed include Ryder slaughtering an entire family, an eyeball appearing in a hamburger. This was replaced in a finger and a plate of french fries. A graphic sex swing between Gal Galveston, the girl before Nash, and Jim, a character being decapitated. This movie underwent several rewrites which removed the gorier moments. Good lord. That would have been nice, you know. Let's see. While performing the last bit of the windshield stunt, Rucker Howard knocked out one of his teeth with a shotgun he held in his hands. Damn. Yeah, he's the real deal. Jennifer Jason Leigh agreed to do this movie because she wanted to work with Rucker Howard again. They co-starred in Flesh and Blood the year before and loved the character of Nash because there was a real person there. Christopher Nolan has listed this as one of his favorite movies of all time. Good for him. Christopher Nolan, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> you know the interesting thing, not to get on a rant about Christopher Nolan, I'm not a fan of his stuff, but at least he has good taste. Yeah? Oh, yeah. 
I think, you know, some of it comes out in his work. I mean, you know, you can see where some people get things from or like to nod certain things. And he's too, like, over-imaginary for me. You know, I like more, you know, it's different when it's like escapism versus just, like, over-imagination, you know. It's, like, too stimulating, if that makes sense. I don't like stuff that makes me think the entire movie. It's like, I just want to, like, relax and watch something and not be like, you got to be on the edge of your seat and you don't know who's what and what's going on. It's like, well, I don't, I don't really like that, you know. I get suspense versus stuff like that, you know, is different, but the way he does it, I don't well, my know. Problem, <clears throat> my problem with Christopher Nolan is the fact that he's like Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, well, he has, like, 12 moving pieces in one... Like no, scene. he thinks he's Stanley Kubrick. I'm telling you, like he literally does. No, I don't. That war movie he put out a couple of years ago, the trailers for it. When you and I saw in the theater, I'm like, do you not remember me making fun of it? I'm like, what's this motherfucker think he's Stanley Kubrick? Yeah. Like you, you can't, you can't steal someone else's medium, man. You know, like do your own thing. And I think he's talented. But I think, I think he tries to. He tries to be Stanley Kubrick, and it's like no one on this planet will ever be Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick was Stanley Kubrick, and that's it. Just like Alfred Hitchcock was Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. And David Lynch is David Lynch. I mean, you have a specific shooting style. You can't mimic that. You know, Tarantino's Tarantino, you know? There's people that are really good at what they do. Yeah. Well, here's... This goes to this scene we're seeing right here. See, Thomas Howell's fear when Wrecker Howell was holding the knife near his eye was genuine. Howell improvised the line and the position of the knife. Good God. So right here, as you're watching this, this is actually his real reaction, because... (laughs) Wrecker Howell was improvising with the knife and what he was telling him, so he was actually freaking T. Thomas Howell the fuck out. Which is insane. In early drafts of the script, John Ryder had been described as a skeletal in nature, and so actors like David Bowie, Sting, Sam Shepard, Harry Dean Stanton, and Terrence Stamp were mentioned. <clears throat> Harry Dean Stanton, I love. Oh, you're saying Terrence Stamp was supposed to play this role? They were mentioned in the who they would like to play him, yeah. Dude, Terrence Stamp is one of my favorite actors. If you guys don't know who that is, he's General Zod from the uh, Superman films. He's also in a little movie that I love about three drag queens called Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which, in my opinion, is the superior film to that two-one shit. Yeah, which is a turd compared, in my, in my personal opinion, compared to fucking Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Never seen it. It is the shit. That movie, honestly, is is just a really. I saw that with my gay cousin. Um. Well, shout out to Jimmy there. Um, we saw that at the theater together, and I loved it. Priscilla Queen of the Desert is just a crazy movie. <laughs> it's Hugo Weaving and Roger oh, yeah. Hauer. Or, excuse me, Hugo, not Roger Hauer, watch Roger Hauer. It's uh, Hugo Weaving and uh, Terrence Stamp, and there's somebody else that, 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 that I really like in that film. Can you pull the cast for that for me? Yes. There's, there's, three, there's three people. There's one more terrific actor in Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and I cannot remember their name. Oh, God, 
else? Who is it? There's somebody else that is just genius that's in that movie with them. Guy, Guy Pierce. <clears throat> Guy Pierce. Yep. So there you go. Nice. I mean, does it get any better than that? I mean, those guys are just the best actors, you know. <clears throat> Anyway, kind of a weird film. No mind from that surprising that I love that movie, but I absolutely love that movie. It's just yeah, genius. it seems pretty cool, actually. I'll have to check it out. Okay. Um, we'll see. Still do I'm some... I'm shelf so I put it out. I think I have... Yeah, I do have it. I'm looking at it right now. I've got it. Nice. What a shot. Let's see. Uh, now they drafted the script. John Ryder Evan. Okay, we already read that. Screenwriter Eric Red said that this movie was inspired by the Doors song "Riders on the Storm." Interesting. It is interesting. It's amazing what music can uh, inspire you to do. You can write this fucking crazy ass fucking movie. Uh, the coach stops at Roy's Motel and Cafe, which is a famous landmark on the old Route 66, now Interstate 40, can be found in Amboy, California. It has been featured in many movies and documentaries. <clears throat> See, Thomas Howell considers this movie to be one of his personal favorites. Uh, for the role of Jim Halsey, producers mentioned Matthew Modine, Tom Cruise, Emilio Estevez, and Charlie Sheen. Fucking crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. George W. Bush served on the board of the company that made this movie. That's weird. Okay. Entertainment Weekly ranked this as the 19th scariest movie of all time. On the... I don't know. On the jail wall you can read Mort Ox Matons, probably written by a previous prisoner, translated literally to Death to the Mates in French. I don't know, it's weird. At one point, screenwriter Eric Red wanted John Ryder to have an electronic voice box. That would have just been strange. I don't know about that. The shotgun that Ryder takes from the cops at the climax of this movie, spoiler alert, is a Spaz-12 semi-automatic tactical combat shotgun. You don't fuck around with that shit. 20th Century Fox was to have distributed this movie before TriStar Pictures took over. It's interesting. It might be why we don't have a Blu-ray. This is one of the few movies to which Roger Ebert gave zero stars. When he and Gene Siskel denounced this movie for its violence on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, Carson asked them if they were opposed to censorship, and Ebert replied, of course, the film should be made, it should be shown, and it should not be attended by anybody. <laughs> A bunch of fucking cocksuckers. See, at around 31 minutes, see Thomas Howell accidentally kicked Gene Davis in the head. So I, don't know, I don't know if we've got to that part yet. Now we're only at 17 minutes, folks, so we got a little while we can see the accidental. We haven't even seen Gene Davis yet, anyway. Let's see. The Mexican direct to video movie Deadly Road is a spin off of this movie. It's weird. Eric Red, the screenwriter, can be seen in a cameo role toward the end of this movie as a deputy sheriff escorting the prisoner to the transfer bus. So that's pretty cool. 
Yep, that's pretty much that. Little trivia. Now, what about, uh, how is the, the 2007 one, like, the remake, like, as far as, is it, is it just its own thing, like, more of a reboot, or do they kind of try to make it like this one? They tinkered with it a little bit, but I, I'm going to be honest with you, I really enjoyed it. Let's say, just, Sean Bean's an amazing actor, you know, I don't think he gets as much credit as he, as he deserves, you know, but... Yeah, I can totally see it. I've just never really tried to watch it. Of course, all the parts in this movie, it's obviously filmed in California, but it's like, you know, all over the place, like uh, Mojave Desert and SoCal and Death Valley yeah, National Park. Yeah, that actually pisses me off. I'm looking this up right now. They never actually put Priscilla Queen in the desert. Why is that not a shout select title? Tu Wong Fu is, I think Tu-Wong that's what we're thinking of. is a shout select title, but they never did Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That's shameful. Oh, no. Priscilla Queen of the Desert is actually before that movie, too. Why is Dr. West talking about drag queen movies today? I don't know, because I'm weird. <laughs> um, yeah, they never, that actually doesn't exist on Blu-ray. Huh. From Shout Select. I have the Blu-ray, but there's no Shout Select Blu-ray. Huh. I'm sure you how dumb I am. I did not even <laughs> know. Well, should we do the, uh... Go ahead and do anyway, the Anyway, all you all should watch that movie. It's really good. It's actually a really good film. Whoop! It's a great cast. All three of those guys. Hugo Weaving. It's the first thing I ever saw Hugo Weaving in, too, which is weird. And probably for a lot of kids, this was probably to switch over back to our teacher and stop talking about that movie. But I think we're well, I mean, I, just OCD on it. But I just looked up, and he's got a truck. First movie. Yeah, he just has a truck. I, I missed something. Well, no, he it never shows him. He just gets it. He's just following the dude. You know, see Thomas Allen. Steven Spielberg's first film is a film we need to do on this podcast. It's a movie called Duel. Hmm. And um, it's about it. Dennis Weaver is a businessman on a road trip and he's being stalked by this guy in a in a tractor trailer truck, which J.J. Abrams later stole and made his little movie. Which um, one? The thing with Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Well, they're being traced by a trucker, which is nothing but a straight-up rip-off of Duel. Isn't that called, like, Rest Stop or something? Joyride? And, Joyride, and Joyride, one of those? And, the, and Joyride is nothing but a fucking blatant rip-off of, of uh, Steven Spielberg's Duel. J.J. Abrams did Joyride? Yes, he directed it and wrote wow. it. Wow. It's a straight-up goddamn <laughs> rip-off of Duel. Wow. I'm telling you, that guy's a fucking hack. Anybody that thinks that guy's talented is a is as clueless as he is I mean I have my and that's an actual legitimate a legitimate complaint that I have there about him I mean he Joyride is literally nothing but a fucking comedic rip off with scary elements that he straight up took from the movie Duel so weird boom here's Rucker Hour here's my two favorite Spielberg films 
Yeah, Raiders is definitely my favorite. I've never seen Duel, so we'd have to do that. It's very good. I highly recommend it. Yeah, he's, this is. It's 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 actually it's it seriously is fantastic. It's a really good movie. I'll tell you how much I love Duel. Give it to me all day long over fucking overrated Jaws. Yeah. All day long. Give me Duel all day long. Sorry, Kevin Smith, but you need to go study your film stuff better because I'm telling you, Duel is a thousand times better film than Jaws is. I don't know the thing about Jaws. Like, I get it. Like, of course, it's fine. I'm, I'm, not a fu- I'm not a fucking wannabe comedian. I'm a fucking horror guy, so I like Duel better. And definitely, I'll, I'll even bet you everything I own that whoever did this movie, the dude that did this, this cat that did this movie that we're watching, The Hitcher from 86, is, was a fan of Duel, because Duel is a very similar premise. This is just way more batshit crazy. Yeah, way more. This is... <laughs> Duel is a great fucking movie, and Duel, believe it or not, I, Wheelchair Tucker had never seen it. We watched it a while back, because so I've got the Blu-ray, and he was like, man, this is really good. I'm like, I told you, it's a great movie. Oh, I'll have to watch it. Is it on, streaming on anything? You know, I always like to talk about stuff that I've been watching recently. Besides Adventures of Phil Silla, Queen of the Desert, I've been watching Blues Brothers yep. for some reason. I've been on a fucking, I've been on a Jim Belushi kick. I've been watching, or excuse me, John Belushi kick. And, uh, I've been watching that and Animal House and fucking Neighbors. And, and Neighbors is good. I really want to ask you real quick as a Ghostbusters fan and I, I was really thinking about this recently I have to honestly say as much as I've been watching stuff with John I think John could have pulled off Bankman that role was written for him you know it, was, it would have been it would have been different you know because Bill yeah. has his own spin on everything he does and he's a genius but I think John could have totally pulled off Bankman I think he could have pulled it off but it would have been a lot darker, and I think if that movie had been That's made, what they were going to do. Talked about it, I think that movie would have been really dark. The movie was a lot different than what they made it. You know, like the way it was supposed to be is completely different than what the way it turned out, and there was a lot of factors for that. You know, but uh, so it was. Was it supposed to be darker? With, with yeah, it was supposed to be a it? lot darker and scarier, and more like along the lines of horror than it was. You know, definitely a comedy, but, you know, it was supposed to be... Let me ask you this, too. So when John was attached to that film, it's Halloween time, so we're going to take a second to like Corey's favorite film ever made. <laughs> but And I'm on a John Belushi kick, so we're going to kind of right. run a gambit here on this, if you don't mind. Let me ask you something about it, because you would be the authoritarian on this. So was Ernie Hudson always attached to it as well, and, and fucking Harold Ramis, or were they not always attached to it? I know Dan obviously was. Harold was you know him and Dan you know Dan was the one that came up with everything and and uh you know like the underlying story and stuff but Harold was the you know the other guy for sure like they both they both spearheaded the the idea of Ghostbusters and and of course Ivan and um they all kind of had their moving pieces now Ernie came in later because the original that character was written for Eddie Murphy. That's who it was going to be Winston. Okay. I just imagine that if it was, you know, Dan, Harold, Eddie, and fucking John. That's just absolutely it's pretty insane. badass. I mean, yeah. nothing against 
what it turned into. I mean, you can't tell me there's not a Saudi that would love to have seen that, and it came out maybe a couple of years earlier. Yeah, if I could go back in time to alter anything in this planet, not even to change time as we know it and do anything crazy like that, I would just go back and alter... Just, just to see what that movie would have looked like if it went ahead and it just worked out that way. Well, number one, if you got them in it in that time frame, that movie would have been rated R because everything yeah. John was in was rated R. And Eddie too at the time. Oh God, are you kidding me? All of his shit. So I mean, and just, just to it, see like, that. You know? And again, nothing, nothing against fucking um, Ernie and fucking Bill, but you've got fucking Saturday Night Lump. Lot of an alum, if you've got the four of them doing that film. Yeah, I mean, Bill was was alum too because he was with Dan, but and Eddie, you know. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: so what about the the? So that would have been John Candy then in that film, then instead of Rick Moranis as well. Yeah, but the thing with uh, John Candy is he wanted to kind of cha- he wanted such a weird part as as the Rick role, like what he was trying to. I was gonna say Rickroll. I guess I could put in that music for a second, <laughs> but uh, the he wanted to make uh, the the Lewis Tully character like super like German, and then he had like these German shepherds, and he dressed like stereotypically German, and it was just like really strange, like what he was trying to do with it. He he just kind of. I went, think it sounds funny myself. It does sound. It would have been hilarious. It was, but people don't imagine it because they they already. Even, but even I can imagine that and be okay with it because, like, I've seen, you know, it's my favorite movie, but I can also look into it and be like, that would actually would have been funny, too. You know, some people hold things way too tightly and are like, man, no, 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 that's stupid. Candy in 82, that's like fresh out of stripes. I mean, that's pretty badass. Yeah, like, I would have loved that. But I love, you know, Rick Moranis. I love the, what he did with the Lewis character. I thought it was perfect. But some people, like I said, even me, I'm very protective of that movie. It's my favorite thing of all time. I eat, breathe, and shit it. And I have my Ghostbuster socks on as we speak. You got me for my, my birthday. But, the, but, but, but so, you're with me, though, that John would have been interesting. In that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was getting there. Like, people hold things way too tight because they can't imagine it being any different. They don't want anything different. But I've, well, you know, like, I can see past that horse shit, and I'm actually like, dude, John Candy would have been great in that, no matter what it came... Even if it was a weird German guy with German Shepherds, like... He's John Candy. It would have been fucking hilarious. Instead of being like this, you know, like accountant nerd that Lewis Tully was, you know, that Rick Moranis played, but that was awesome. You know, it was, it's very iconic. But you can't sit here and tell me that whatever John Candy came up with wasn't going to be iconic. I mean, come on, you know. It just would have... People just can't imagine it, you know. Well, to me personally, not to duke on, again, on, on Car Shield, but <laughs> I got to... Eddie Murphy in that role would have just been hilarious. Honestly, with all of them together, though, I mean, they would... It almost would have been too much. Like, that's, that kind of cast would make your fucking head explode. Like, it probably would have actually been... You know the funny thing it is? Wouldn't it have been funny, though, if they had made that film? I just want to pose your question. We'll get back to the hitcher, but... Wouldn't it have been funny if that film had came out, so you've got Eddie and, and, and uh, Dan and, and uh, Harold and, and John... It's rated R, and it made no money, and, and it's this cult film. I still think if it had all the New York stuff, I still think you would have been obsessed with it. Oh, I would have, no doubt. And he, see, Thomas Howell just ate a finger. He was about to. Um, well, see, no, I, I can tell you what I read. 
read that it was not supposed to, it was supposed to have a different director. See, I read it was supposed to be the fucking John Landis was supposed to have directed it if they had made it back then. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, obviously with Harold and working with Animal House and stuff, like, they probably were, kind of, he was kind of more eyeing that, but I guess since he started working with Ivan, I guess they were both kind of in consideration for it. But, um,. I mean, initially, when I first got this right. here, I thought this was interesting, and this is this is your baby, but I thought you'd get a kick out of this because of Animal House fame. Um, and again, there's no proof to this. This is people speculating. A lot of people said that they were that uh, Donald Sutherland was gonna was gonna play your uh, your uh, Kenneth Please see the sword. <laughs> Walter Peck. Yeah, that would have been really crazy. So yeah, I don't. And you also have to realize this thing would have came out in like eighty one or eighty two as opposed to eighty four, which would have made it yeah. a different film, you know. I think it would have been raunchier, and honestly, with that cast for versus the one that they ended up getting, which is still, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't change it for the world, but Not yeah, sure. you have Eddie and John Kent. That that would have been the funniest, raunchiest movie of all time. Like that would have been the number one for everybody. I'm kind of glad that it didn't happen because then it would be like the Star Wars of comedy. Like everybody would like it, you know. Actually, I don't know. I, I, if you think about it like that, I think I think it would have, and it would have been kind of cool. I think it would have been more of a niche thing, like my thrash. I think it would have bombed, and I think it would have been so weird with John in it, and it would have just been insane. And you probably would be obsessed with it, and people would just think you're insane. <laughs> Not bad. But it wouldn't be like this pop thing. It wouldn't be this, yeah. you know, like a pop culture thing. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Like I said, I'm not even knocking it for what it is. I'm just saying it would have been interesting because I think it would have been more like Blues Brothers where it would have been kind of, it was serious, it was comedic. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you what, I have literally just rediscovered Blues Brothers and it's just, it's goddamn hilarious. I don't know if I told you this, I got it on 4K and it's fucking rad. There's an unrated version of it in there, which I've never seen before. Huh. Well, there's a... This is good. What did I have pulled up here? Something with this director, I think. And a sexy still book when I got to Nice. What was it? Let's pull him up. Robert Harmon. You guys have to realize out there, so Corey went to this just to tell the story that's super quick and get off this, but he met Dan Aykroyd, and I'm still... It's it's not even a Ghostbusters thing for me. Like I'll sit and watch Blues Brothers, and the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, "Cool, we met him. It's cool." <laughs> it's like it's just because Blues Brothers and fucking Dragnet are my two go-to Ackroyd films. Yeah, and of course Doctor Detroit, which I think I introduced you to. I can't remember. You did. Anyway, but I, you did. I love him and these some of these roles, and he's honestly just genius and people bring up to me like Coneheads and Coneheads is a fun movie but the, dude if we're talking like strict comedy nothing touches fucking Blues Brothers and Dragnet and fucking uh, goddamn Dr. Detroit for me and of course Ghostbusters he's great in those movies but it's just he said I just can't believe you so I'm more I'm more starstruck by the fact that you met him through some of the other shit he's done because I'm telling you years and years ago when I was living with Holly in like the the mid 90s 
I remember hurting and I watching Dragnet like all the time because it's only one of the only VHS tapes I own. That and Conan the Barbarian, we would just watch those and fuck. <laughs> so I've seen Dragnet like a million times, and it's so weird to me that you fucking met Joe Friday. It's just like man, it's fucking <laughs> rad. <laughs> Oh, there's the time I was thinking, and it's really weird. Your Woobie off your Woobie experience is, is its own thing. Yeah, I can see that. Like, if we had been standing there, like, if I was with you when you met him, and you had told him secretly that I love that, and I was walking, and he was just like, he just stops me or something, he, like, stops me and just goes, my hat was in that car, or just anything from there, he'd <laughs> probably lose my shit. Yeah, that's still surreal, that's like, you know. Out of all the things you can think of as an achievement for an average people, that was the single greatest moment of my entire life. Yeah, he's a movie star. I mean, it's it's not like... Hey, with that, that is my number one hero besides Mark Hamill on this planet. Like, that's Race Dance. That's like... My, no, 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 it's, it's rad. That's it. What I'm telling you, <clears throat> yeah. though, is I, it's bigger than I think you, you're even comprehending from my standpoint, because... Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, Blues Brothers is insane it's huge there's only one movie star I've met that is a movie star that you met that yeah. guy is a lit- legitimate Hollywood movie star yeah and a lot of people have never met anybody like that you're not gonna go to a horror convention and meet a movie star I mean the only movie star I have ever met was Tom Cruise that is a fucking movie star yes it is <laughs> I don't think people realize the difference between meeting a celebrity, a sports star, some hack at a horror convention, or an, or an actual movie star. And I'm not saying going to a horror convention isn't fun and meeting those people isn't fun, but it's not the same thing. Yeah. I'm telling you, when I'm sitting here drunk watching Blues Brothers, <laughs> that's a fucking movie star you met. That's not just... I know it's where he stands to you in childhood here. I'm not trying to duke on that, but I'm telling you it's also a goddamn movie star. This is a legitimate working movie star. Yeah. This isn't some fucking, you know, I'm in fucking Friday 13th Part 20. It's like, it's, yeah, whatever. You're not a movie star. This guy is a movie star. Yeah. And also, he's somebody who's he's can... smirking in your photo, which is funny, too. And I, every time I look at it, I'm like, Jesus, that's insane. Because it's, I mean, that's fucking... I'm the only one that got that, because I, I looked everyone up. Like, I, uh, man. It took every nerve in my body. Because, you know, he was doing, like, signing a signing outside or whatever. I was waiting in line for, like, ever. Because, you know, if you get a certain tier thing for your package or whatever, your ticket, you get you get him and you get... The other people free, it's included. So I finally, you know, I was like, oh shit, he's fucking right there, you know. And, uh, you know, he gets, he has free prints up there, and the print was, you know, a race dance one, of course, and Ghostbusters Convention was super awesome, so I got that. I was kind of just blabbing to him for like a split second, and then I was like, is there any way I can get like a selfie with you? It would, it would, it would make my whole, my whole shit year. Like, it would make it all worth it. And he was just like, come over here. I was like, oh my god. He leaned in for the picture and was like, enjoy your time in L.A., my friend. And I was like, I just start, I, I'm not going to lie. He's a movie star. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I walked off, I just, I almost fell on the ground. I just started crying. It was the coolest thing ever. It was awesome. It was just overwhelming. Yeah, because he was nice to you, and he's a movie star. <laughs> this is not some hack at a fucking redneck convention. That is a fucking... I just, I don't think, and, and you, people listening out there, you have to legitimately realize, this is, this is not, 
you know, and, and nothing against Bill Murray and nothing against the rest of the cast of that film, because if you'd met, honestly, to me, the other big movie star in that movie is Ramus. Yeah, and I wish I could have, you know. Because that is a legitimate Hollywood movie star. Because here's the thing, Bill Murray, he takes pictures of people, he talks to people on the street, whatever, and I'm not trying to duke on that. If you were to me, it would be rad. But here's the thing. When I really started thinking about the fact that you've met Dan Aykroyd, I mean, that's something I can name drop to people. Yeah, my co-host met Dan Aykroyd. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is insane. Because he's a movie star. Oh, you're dumbfounded. Bill Murray's, not, Bill Murray's not so much a movie star. I mean, he's been in stuff, but those those weren't like blockbusters. Like, everybody knows what the fucking Blues Brothers is. It's fucking Dan Aykroyd. You met a fucking movie star. And honestly, the most famous thing Bill Murray did was... And it's also, fucking... look, and here's the other thing. Bill Murray is not considered SNL royalty over Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is SNL royalty. Yeah. That's like Steve Martin shit. Like, I cannot believe you met Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> like, I'm still... I remember, like, it was... It was, you know, I sent deal. you. I sent you the picture, and you didn't know what because you, you know I went I to the. Know, I could. I, I could not tell who it was. You're like that's fucking Dan Aykroyd, and then I remember like a few weeks later or something, I put it as my Facebook I picture. Out on you. And you did it again. You were like, "That's fucking Dan Aykroyd." I was like, "Yeah, I know." The cool thing was I met him twice because I got a photo op with him in the cast too, and he just got his sunglasses. He's just not even looking at the camera. It's fucking hilarious. But then after that, I actually met him in person, like just me and him, and it was crazy and something that you know. What I'm saying though is, most people, you know, and look, and you're you're a person that goes to conventions and and, and stuff, and now you've got me going to Horrorhound, which we love. But yeah, and I'm not trying to take anything away from that or anybody listening to us right now. But you have to realize the difference between meeting an actor, uh, a genre actor, or or just uh, uh, you know someone like me meeting William Shatner is just like yeah it's cool and it's and it's cool but it's not a it's not a movie star and and Dan Aykroyd is a fucking movie star yeah and I love William Shatner it's probably the coolest thing I've ever done besides meeting Tom Cruise but all of my Star Trek stuff is but that's but again they're not really movie stars what I'm saying though is that is a I mean he's a TV icon Shatner but. But it's not, he's not a movie star. Dan Aykroyd is a fucking movie star. I mean, I remember going to the theater and watching fucking Dr. Detroit with my uncle, Blues Brothers, as a kid. And I mean, I was like really young and saw that at like a drive-in. Like Harrison Ford. You know, Harrison Ford's a fucking movie star. He's a fucking movie star. Roger Moore was a fucking movie Sean Connery's a fucking movie star. Yeah. Oh, there's a dog just eating this dude. That's fucking wonderful. I mean, it's, it's, it's more over than, than than even I can explain to you, but it's it's really cool, man. Like I said, you know, it, there's 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 a difference between meeting, you know, I mean, even even Schwarzenegger or a convention would be cool, but he's not a movie star. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Ackroyd to me, Ackroyd to me is like a larger than life movie star. Like this guy was, this guy was in these million dollar productions. I mean, he worked with Tom Hanks for God's sakes and fucking. Well, I mean, I mean, that that puts Schwarzenegger in there. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's no, not over, not over Dan. No, and, and you well, he's get with me he's different that. because he's not a movie star. He's an action yeah, but star. Yeah, but, but, but see, Schwarzenegger's star. not a movie star. He's an action Schwarzenegger's, star. He's just an that's action it. guy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Even Stallone, like it's cool, but it's still, it's still not over that. It's it's guys a movie star. That's what I'm saying. Like, like follow with me on this just a second because I'm going somewhere with this. If you meet Clint Eastwood, that's a fucking movie star. Yeah. 
that's over Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's just some hack that's in these fucking movies. Everybody's like, but Clint Eastwood is a goddamn movie star. Yeah. Tom Cruise is a goddamn movie star. These guys are not going to be at some fucking redneck convention. That's what I'm saying. Dan Aykroyd wouldn't be at a redneck convention. He met <laughs> a fucking movie star. <laughs> Schwarzenegger going to Texas brought me. That's great. He's a, he's still it's still just a it's a redneck cousin fucker convention. I'm just saying <laughs> nothing against Texas. Fry. I'm just saying in general you're still just you're you're paying to these fucking lowbrow white trash wanting to meet fucking horror people and it's like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> And I love Arnold, but but that that's beside the point. But he's not a movie star. What I'm saying is, you met a fucking like Hollywood Walk of Fame movie star. Yeah. Like when he dies, he's gonna have this giant mausoleum. Like he's a fucking Hollywood movie star, <laughs> and he's Canadian, which is awesome. Yeah. But I'm just saying, there's a difference between that and you meeting Clyde Barker. Yeah, you met Clyde Barker, and that's awesome. And he was nice. And he did the horns, and I think that's awesome. And hopefully, he's in good health. Yeah. But. You can't tell me there's not a difference between meeting Clon Barker and Stephen King. Stephen King is a fucking icon. Yeah. You know, there's a, and we talked about this privately when we weren't recording, and I'm just saying, giving a shout out to my boy here, folks. This guy met not only his hero, but the guy's a fucking movie star. <laughs> this guy doesn't do fucking cousin fucker convention of Highway 81. This guy's a fucking movie star. And you went the distance, and you met him, and you met him in his own stomping grounds, and the motherfucker, that's just amazing. It's a great story. Yeah. Well, thank you. you. Every time you doubt anything in your life, just look at that. I mean, I don't even have that. I don't even have proof that I met Tom Cruise, but you you mean you met Dan. It's fucking rad, dude. Yeah. You know. Somebody meets somebody that's a movie star. There's a difference. And, you know, if people don't understand that out there, Robert England is not a movie star. Robert England's a horror actor in a genre film and was a TV actor. I love him, but he's not a fucking movie star. Yeah. You know? Movie a- star is fucking, you know, it, it has, it's something iconic. It's something you would never in a million years, you know, it's somebody in a million years you would never meet. Robert Downey Jr. is a fucking movie star. Yeah. That's why you're not going to meet Robert Downey Jr. at fucking Joe, Joe Blow's fucking horror convention. Because <laughs> he doesn't fucking do it. You know? He's too busy and making movies. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's There's a difference between... And, you know, people can get mad at me for saying this stuff, but it's the fucking truth, you know? These other people are just, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, well, okay, let me give you an example. We're going to go back to Horror Hound 2019, kids, and then I'm going to get off this random and start watching Hitcher. I'm fucking rambling today. I'm in a good mood, but I want to make one more point. When we were at fucking Horror Hound, okay, Tony Todd was the coolest, right? Yeah. You know what Tom Atkins is? He's a fucking genre, fucking legendary actor, right? Yep. But Dan Aykroyd's a fucking movie star. Yeah. I'm just telling you, there's there's a difference. Christopher Lloyd, he's been in some great stuff. He's iconic roles. He was in Taxi, which is my favorite role that he ever did with Jim. And of course, he was Dr. Kermit Brown and Back to the Future stuff. But he's not a movie star. He's just a he's just an actor. Yeah. You know. Now, Michael J. Fox been there? That's a goddamn movie star. Yes, it is. 
Yes. Michael J. Fox is a goddamn movie star. He may <laughs> not be now, he was. Fucking Teen Wolf. That guy was a fucking movie star. Yeah. There's a difference. And I mean, people can't accept that or get that in their brain, then they just... Like, I love Jean-Claude Van Damme, but he's not a movie star. He's, well, he's an he's action just star. an action dude. Action he's, star. I love him, and I would lose my shit if I met him, more so than, honestly, even Schwarzenegger, because I was obsessed with Van Damme as a kid. Like Bloodsport, I, yeah, I get terrible watching that motherfucker. It's stupid. But, you know, Bloodsport, yeah, you just saw some shit. blood fountain out of his fucking throat hole. Um, and Howard's back. I love that truck yeah, you too. I think it's that's a... Know, uh, to dodge, like Ram Charger, I think it was called. That truck they Harrison Ford doesn't do conventions. He's more of like an obscure movie star, kind of like Connery, because Connery always avoided that shit too. Um, you know, people come up to me like, "Oh, I met Mark Hamill." It's like, well, Mark Hamill's done conventions, you know. Yeah, he's not a movie star. You know who was a movie star? You know who the movie star was from the original Star Wars franchise? Carrie Fisher was a goddamn movie star. Yeah, and, and fucking. You know why? Because she's in goddamn The Burbs. She's in goddamn uh, Blues Brothers. She's in everything. Peter, she was Peter a Cushing, fucking legitimate movie star. Peter Cushing too, definite. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? That, that's that's not even just movie star. He's actually above that. He's Christopher like, Lee's the same thing. And yeah. It's, it, yeah, that's why they never did those goddamn conventions because they're fucking movie stars. Movie stars. Are, Vincent Price was a fucking movie star. Vincent Price was not a goddamn B actor. He was a fucking movie star. Johnny Depp. There you go. You meet Johnny Depp. Anybody out there listening? If you ever meet Johnny Depp, send the photo to us. We'd love to see it. If you ever meet Johnny, that's a goddamn movie star. Yeah. Johnny Depp ain't gonna be at fucking, you know, uh, Jimmy Joe Bob's horror convention off Route 66. He ain't gonna be there. Kurt Russell. Because Johnny Depp's a, Johnny. De- Absolutely. Absolutely. But but moreover, Kurt, and I love Kurt, but Johnny Depp is a fucking movie star. Oh, yeah, dude's you fucking know. huge. Um, I'm trying to think. The dude, you know, you, you, and you play something when you do and it has nothing to do with it. Mark Hamill's done some iconic stuff but Mark Hamill you could still meet at a convention it's not a movie star you know Dan's a movie star you know Bill Murray is a movie star if you met Bill Murray you met a movie star and these are the same Eddie Murphy is a movie star he's not he's not gonna be at Jimmy Cornfucker's fucking horror convention <laughs> Route 18 because Eddie Murphy doesn't do that because he's a fucking movie star that's what I'm saying there's a difference between and we've never talked about this in the podcast, and I'm sorry I'm rambling on the chef, but we've got to do our Back to the Future rewind yeah. stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you, if you go out and you meet somebody, and I'm not trying to degrade anybody meeting anybody that they love in, in life, it's great. But to me, there's a difference between meeting... There's a difference between meeting David Cronenberg at a horror convention and drinking a beer with Stephen King. There's a total difference. And sir, what you did with Dan Aykroyd, movie star, mad props for me. That is a, because, and, and, and I know the Ghostbusters use where it resonates since your childhood and you get your little boner and you run around in your jammies. I get it. <laughs> but I'm just saying for me, it's the other stuff that he's in. I, I mean, honestly, and I'm not just saying this because of this podcast or that Corey's my friend. Like, I literally, when I realized who that was, I literally, the rest of that day, I was like, oh, that's fucking insane. That's cool. (laughs) Because these people are larger than life to me because I love movies, okay? Yeah. 
Okay. I'm shutting up, sorry. This is a weird parallel. Patrick Swayze was, Patrick Swayze was a goddamn movie star. There uh, you go. Goddamn right. Um, this is a weird parallel Parker that I... Howard, when you were movie star. Oh. Parker Howard, movie star. Damn right he was. Um, he knows how you can meet off... You can meet at the horror convention off Route 66. He does those. Yep. He sure does. Um... No, what I was saying was, there was a weird parallel when you were talking about the Blues Brothers, like at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, the director, you know, that did this. Um, what the fuck his name is? Robert Harmon. He did a short film that was right before he did this. This was his directorial debut. Um, he did a short film called China Lake. Uh, which is about a deranged police officer who rides around on a motorbike targeting people that have offended him in some way while vacationing near the film's tutelar location of China Lake. Uh, well, the cool thing is that that deranged police officer is Charles Napier, which is the the correlation here. That, that goes in the Blues Brothers, which is fucking nasty. So that's what I was thinking, because he's uh, Tucker McElroy. In that film, that's awesome. Which was, you know, that was 1980. So this is only three, uh, three years later. He did China Lake with the director of this film. Of course, he was also fucking Marshall Murdoch in First Blood Part Two. Um, so I, I, just thought, I don't know why I just brought that up, but I just think it's cool that he was in it. Um, Wait, the guy that directed this was Murdoch in First Blood Part Two? No, no, the guy that directed this, he did a short film prior to this. This was his directorial oh, the movie. cop was the dude that played Murdoch. Yeah, the cop that was in... That guy's that a great film. actor. That guy was that guy's a TV actor. He's been on, like, A-Team and fucking Incredible Hulk and yep. all kinds of good shit I grew up with. And he's also a maniac cop, too. He's Lou Brady, and he's uh, Lieutenant Boyle in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, yes, he is Lieutenant Boyle in Silence because fucking, fucking the whole movie, Lectures wanted to kill his ass. Nope, he's a he's a police officer and a cable guy, and he's uh, three ninjas knuckle up. He's in that. Anyway, I'm sorry for the rant about everything I said, but I'm telling you guys out there, if you're, if you're a fan of this stuff, if you're a fan of just movies in general, like we are, there is a fucking difference. And I've met some great B actors, but I'm telling you, there's a legitimate difference between meeting an actor and a fucking movie star. Yeah, it says how old that that the goods movie is because you know he's he's dick in that movie, which is my favorite part of that film. That's right, he's fucking yeah, he's fucking rad in that movie. He died like a few years after that because I I didn't realize that film came out in '09. That's like the year I fucking graduated. Well, I didn't graduate. You know, I got my diploma years later, but you know, my graduating class year was '09. That's how old the goods is, and I literally. Because that film's not on Blu-ray. If you guys have never seen uh, The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard, or whatever. Uh, it's just like a comedy car salesman movie that me and the doctor have all... You've never really got liked. our sample from that. You need to still rip that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Give it out on here and put it in some... Yeah, it was on the other intro. I just forgot to keep it in this one. Because it's on one of our seasons. It's on whatever. Sell the metal. Ah. Right. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but that film is from 09 and there's still no Blu-ray of it. The copy I have on DVD is a Blockbuster copy. Like it's the Blockbuster case with like the little rental barcode and everything. The DVD. And sometimes, here and there it's streaming on stuff. Like I think it's on Hulu. 
uh, right now, but it fluctuates between that and Netflix and other shit and Amazon, so, like, it's on one of them, and it's worth watching. It, it's just fucking funny. Is it weird that when I look at C. Thomas Howell in this one, I think he would have been a good Peter Parker back in the 80s? Oh, totally. He just had the look, man. I think, actually, he would have made a good Eddie Brock, to be honest with you. Okay. He looks... He, that, you're predating Eddie Brock now. Eddie Brock didn't come out until, like, years after this. Right, I'm just saying, he looks like Eddie Brock, kind he of. He'd been too old, then, what I'm saying, though. Yeah. He'd been good Peter Parker. Yeah, you're right. But they literally haven't done any of that right until now, so... They didn't know how to do it back then. I mean, the Superman movie was no, so rad. which is why I've been swimming in it as an adult, which people still yeah. understand that. Yeah, they finally got it right for, like, the last ten years, and that's, like, the only... And they've been doing it since, you know, the early 2000s, you know, when the X-Men and all that stuff. And Even when Blade came out in, like, I think, 99 or something, that was actually good, but it wasn't, like, a comic book movie, you know. It was, Blade's a comic book character, but that's just, like, a straight-up just... I mean, it just wasn't... It just doesn't ever seem like it was a part of it because it didn't have a universe. It was just Blade doing his thing, and it was yeah, great. Hey, I'm already taking a peek here at the albums from '86. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, of course it's one we've done a lot, but you know it doesn't matter. '86 is one of the best years ever for anything. It's just it was a great, perfect year with movies in it and everything. And by the way, uh, I do want to shout out to. Jennifer Jason Lake. I, I fucking love her in uh, Fast Times. That's all I can think about when I see her. Even though she's kind of a... Yeah, and her dad was Vic Morrow that died making the Twilight Zone movie. Really? Yeah, he's the bigot. Huh. In the Twilight Zone movie. So, he died. And she won't even talk about her dad dying in that film if you ever try to see an interview or talk to her about that she gets fucking pissed well yeah I don't blame her well uh so we can queue up Chuck here and we will do Altering the Future Altering the Future take you back to when our feature film came out 1986 I always cover what other movies were out at the same year and kind of take you back to the time when this came out and uh, the doctor covers the, the music. So, uh, 86, we've done a lot, I'm sure. If you guys listen to us all the time, you can, I'm gonna, you're going to hear some of the stuff that we've done on here. Uh, a lot of stuff we haven't done. A lot of stuff we never will. A lot of whatever. Uh, try to just list all the notable ones here and I'm just going to be quick about it because we've done it a million times. Um, let's see here. Got Platoon. Got Delta Force. Uh, mm, we got Cobra. We got Manhunter. Um, let's see. Psycho two. Uh, Psycho three. April Fool's Day. I'm just gonna do. Just gonna go all over the place here, not even save the horror. Uh, Blue Velvet, one of my favorite films ever. Thank you, Doctor, for showing that to me. Um, you got Troll. Uh, you got Dragon Ball, the original film before it became an anime, I believe. Uh, the My Little My Little Pony movie for all you furries out there. Whatever the fuck you do, disgusting motherfuckers. But whatever, if you like it, you like it. 
Golden Child, Eddie Murphy. Uh, Howard the Duck, which is a turd. Uh, Labyrinth, which I can't deal with, but I get it. A lot of people like it. I actually own it on Blu-ray, but that's besides the point. Uh, Trash is haircut. Bounce, magic, bounce. Bounce, magic, bounce. Another anime movie, you got Castle in the Sky. Uh, I don't remember if that's a Ghibli film or not. Uh, Highlander, another one of my favorite movies. Uh, an that is a very emotional film for me because of my past friend. It is. Uh, an American Tale. You got Transformers the movie. Shout out to Ross and Matt of Exhumed. One of my favorite movies as a kid, Milo, uh, Adventures of Milo and Otis. I used to have that on VHS. I watched it like a trillion times when I was little. Uh, Great Mouse Detective, one of the best and most underrated Disney movies of all time. Uh, Pirates, Walter Matthau, it's Roman Polanski. Uh, got The Quest. Let's see. That's a weird one. I don't know why I even mentioned that. I'm trying to get off of here. Fuck. Okay. Maybe. Maybe not. My phone's doing something stupid. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> We're getting some hey, good here's the interesting thing, kids. Will Corey fuck up or get right my favorite film from 86? I might get it right. I've done this before, so hopefully. Now, you could do it genre-wise. You could pick both of them. Yeah. I'm going to try. We're getting there. Little Shop of Horrors, Crocodile. There's two. Little Shop of Horrors, Crocodile Dundee, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Night of the Creeps, The Money Pit, uh, Back to School. Uh, Back to School is a great fucking movie. Yes, it is. I just watched it like a couple weeks ago again. Um, Down and Out, Beverly Hills. It's a good movie. Pretty in Pink, Police Academy 3. Three Amigos, I know that's one of your favorites. Uh, uh, Short Circuit. Three uh, Amigos is not one of my favorite films. I did not like that movie. I thought you liked that movie. No, I do not. I despise that film. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I fucking hate Martin Short. I don't like Martin Short in anything. <laughs> uh, classic. Except Captain Ron. Except Captain Ron. Captain Ron yeah. is an exception to that rule. See, Class of Newcomb High. Uh, let's see. Critters, Running Scared, Vamp. Uh, a lot of wrestler, a lot of Vamp, and movies by yeah. Grace Jones. Fantastic movie. From Beyond. Love it. The Voyage Home. Love it. We got Critters. Maximum Overdrive. Uh, this is definitely your favorite, The Fly. No. <laughs> uh, Poltergeist 2, Aliens, Fire 13th, Part 6. It is great. Uh, Fire 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Part 2. Uh, At Close Range, Sean Penn, Christopher Walken. That's a fucking awesome movie. It is awesome. You talk about HBO. Talk about HBO. That's one of those movies I saw. I was little, watching every fucking night, and that movie came on a lot when I was younger. Uh, Chopping Mall. And let's see if uh, Dead End Driving Raw Deal. What else am I forgetting here? 
movie. I'm going to see if there's the two and they're right beside each other here. I'm hoping that I'm right. Your two favorites of this year. Hmm. The Wraith. That's an honorable mention compared to these other two. It was a great guess, and I do love that movie. And it's, okay. It's, well, one... But it's right below the two that I'm talking about. Well, I have Big Trouble's one of them. That is incorrect. Big Trouble, Little China. That is incorrect. Top Gun. That is incorrect. Hmm. I love both those movies, but these are neither of those touch these movies. I'm a, is it horror? Because I, I don't even have a full list it's, here. Then it's Trick or Treat and oh. Thrashing. Oh yeah, Thrashing's '86. You're right. I don't have a complete list here of all this stuff. Trick or Treat and Thrashing are my two favorite movies from '86. Makes sense. See, there, if I would have clicked on this list, it was Slaughter High. That's Trick or Treat, not that yeah. R Treat anthology piece of shit that everybody on the planet likes but me. <laughs> Slaughter High, that Deadly Friend. Stupid. Even though I don't like that movie, needs to be hit in the face with my dick. <laughs> that movie's just stupid. Rawhead Rex, Demons 2. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on here. I had, to, I had the short list. So, yeah. Solid. Do uh, the music. I will see if you can name my two favorites. Let me see. Do this real quick. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Juice Priest Turbo, which I know you love. Your final countdown, which I love. Oh, yeah. Um, I know Corey is not a huge fan of any of this stuff, but I have to mention this record, although I'm not meaning anything by it when I mention it, which is an, there's an inside joke about this album between me and Corey. It's not even a funny joke. It's actually morbid, but uh, a Seth Russian Roulette, great album. It is. Love it. Inside joke, not so great, um, but yeah, it's a good, good album. Um, inside the Electric Circus from Wasp. It's my favorite Wasp album. Uh, True is Still from Warlock, Night Songs from Cinderella, um, uh, Constrictor from Alice Cooper, Eden and Smiles, Cooper. first solo album from David Roth, after he left Van Halen, Dancing Undercover from Rat, Rat is my favorite hair band, That's good stuff. 150 from Van Halen, Hell with the Devil from Striper, Love it. Uh, Look at the Cat Dragged In for Poison, I know this is weird, but this is stuff I grew up with, Born no, Late from St. Vitus, Obsessed by Cruelty from Sodom, Supposedly we have a Sodom guest coming on. I'm supposed to interview, I think. Mm, we'll see. Um, Onslaught, The Force. That singer was a complete tool to me. <laughs> Debut album from Crimson Glory. That's some early power metal from Florida. Who I love, Crimson Glory. Rest in peace to those gentlemen that have passed from that band. Uh, Game Over from Nuclear Assault, Slippery One Wet from Van Halen, Seven Stars from Black Sabbath, um, One Foot in Hell from Sirith Ungol. Why do people don't like that band? I actually, I've always kind of liked the Oracle like that band. They're kind of, uh, uh, Beyond the Gates from Possessed, which is one of my favorite things from that year. Um, Trilogy from Ingvay Malmsteen, Pleasure to Kill from Creator, Eternal Devastation from Destruction. I Against I Against I from Bad Brains, which is a great punk album. Yeah. 
uh, Ultimate Sin, which is my favorite Ozzy album. Mine too. Uh, the Dulge from Manila Road, which is another really underrated uh, metal band. Manila Road's put out some pretty good shit. Um, Darkness Descends from Dark Angel, such a great album. Really uh, good. Rage for Order, one of my favorite Queens Rock albums. Orgasmatron, which is Corey's favorite Motorhead album. Sure is. Um, Awaken the Guardian from Fate's Warning. The Dark from Metal Church. Mm. Uh, Roar from Voivod. Uh, Morbid Visions from Sepultura. Doomsday for the Deceiver from Flotsam and Jetsam. Summer so Time from Iron Maiden. Rain and Blood from Slayer. A Fatal Portrait from King Diamond. Uh, Master of Puppets from Metallica. And then uh, Peace Sells Who's Bond from Megadeth. And that's it. All just classic stuff. Some of my favorite albums from all those artists too. Like, it's just a good year, man. It's that's why I like doing Back to the Future. You know, Back to the Future. <laughs> you got me saying it. Uh, go back to that, that, uh, alter, altering the future. <laughs> that's what I yeah. You know, just start playing that. Um, but yeah, and altering the future. It's cool to go back and you know. Of course, I wasn't. Born in 86, you know, the doctor can really go back and reminisce about all this stuff, but it's cool to go back. And that's why I mentioned the hairband stuff. I'm not trying to promote that stuff on here. I just don't yeah. whether that stuff existed. It's nostalgic for me, and I like some of that stuff. But still, you know, going, going to it and kind of seeing what this actual, you know, the time frame, like, it's cool to go back and look at this stuff and really see what was out and, and the influence. And I mean, when you have one year... Or you can have Big Trouble in Little China. You know, even Crocodile Dundee. Or even like, you know, Night of the Creeps, Ferris Bueller, whatever. And then you can go into the record store and you can pick up fucking Peace Cells or Orgasmatron or goddamn, you know... It, it's ridiculous. I, it's, it was going back like and... Like I said, I wasn't trying to, to duke on the race and also wasn't trying to duke on Big Trouble, but to me, if I'm being honest... The trick or treat and fucking. Well, yeah. If I had that on the list, that's what I would have went with. I didn't even see that on there. I should know by now that we did trick or treat before, but. Um. But thrashing and thrashing's my jam. Yeah. And if I saw that, I would have known that. But I didn't know that was '86. Didn't come up on the list. I don't have a Ghostbusters film per se, but that one's up there, man. That's a that's a that's a movie that I adore. Yeah. And Corey's never seen it, which is hilarious. And we've been doing this podcast for five I still haven't seen it. Years. No, I haven't. I have to rip it. it. Well, I think it's we're going to have to do that for Godless Heathens. Yeah, I mean, it's not on anything, so I'll ever see it to watch it. It is not on anything. And the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray I have, um, I'll tell you a funny story about that Blu-ray. All of films put it out, and I found another copy of it for like five bucks um, at on eBay, believe it or not, like some seller was just trying to get rid of his Blu-ray, and I saw so like a sealed copy of it too, just for like the apocalypse. <laughs> well, the thing Olive Films put out, and it's one of my favorite movies, is Dirty Work. That that Blu-ray is an Olive Films Blu-ray. It's the only Olive well, the cool Films thing, thing I own, I think, is that Blu-ray. Well, the cool thing, you don't know, I know you love that movie. The cool thing about I like already liking that movie, but what yeah. I was say is my favorite thing about thrashing is Robert Russler and, and fucking um, and uh, Josh Brolin and everybody likes Josh Brolin from Goonies and I'm like maybe he never's even thrashing because it's so much better you know yeah you've got the main my favorite vampire from Lost Boys in it rest in peace 
and you've got fucking all these other cool guys and it's just it's got some of the best lines of any movie in the world like Corey Webster is is Roland's character and they're about to go into this party where the Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing when they were still like a funk like punk band and they're about to go in there and there's one of the characters name is Radley and he's just like the, the, <laughs> the dude from Lost Boys is like <clears throat> he's just like hey Radley give me some of that jet fuel they're like sneaking airplane bottles in fucking <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's just a great movie. Yeah. It's it's so good. I used to watch it on Up All Night with fucking Elvira on USA Network and fucking it was the coolest thing in the world seeing that movie. And she loved it. She's like, This is so much fun, I can't even make fun of it. I'm just like, This is so good awesome. But I'll tell you guys right now, I have completely even though I've never met him in person, I have completely fanboyed Robert Russler about that movie, like to the point where like I'm not even joking, like on my birthday every year he's never missed a year since I've been friends with him since like 2012 on Facebook he will literally send me some kind of happy birthday from Hook and the Daggers I'm just like this is just awesome <laughs> it's like my own little my own little thing too and I'll tell you what if that ever got if that movie ever got some kind of commercial hipster thing I would literally probably murder everyone yeah because it's like my own little thing and the people that love it I, I, I'm fine with it the people that know what it is but people don't know what that means and it's so good that's good and to have these awesome pro skaters in it like Tony Hawk's in that movie and Lance Mountain and Christian Hasoy and fucking Bill Danforth and all these skateboarders that I grew up with so it's like it's just a fun nostalgia piece for me so but yeah. six, and I love The Wraith and The Wraith is one of my favorite movies and says Big Trouble but those two fall just shots of Trick or Treat and fucking and nothing touches Thrashing and Thrashing's my shit yeah well I said you know it's, I don't care if it's a fucking horror it's, it's a great fucking film it's so well, the, you know it's good to have that stuff and just whatever hits you the the hardest and, and scratches that itch and you know something you can always go back well, to I was into skateboarding so that movie was around and, and I loved it you know it is what it is and when people don't really know I mean you can make lists but everybody has like something they hold dearest to them like as a film or an album and but it doesn't mean that I don't love the race I, the race I know but here's, here's the race now I will say this I'll give me the race all day long over Big Trouble the race is a very special film to me yeah but you know you it always will be you know something's your absolute favorite because a lot of people like you know sometimes I'm bad about making lists if somebody puts me on the spot like oh what's your favorite but since I was like like two or three you know somebody could be like what's your favorite movie it's like Ghostbusters you know I've always known that it's always been my favorite movie and like it's a movie I can put on right now and I want like I I feel comfortable I can watch it I'll, I'll never get tired of it it's just something I can watch like three times a day if I needed to you know and I like feel like Thrashing's the same way for you. You can just put that on any time of day and just fucking watch it. it chills you out. It's perfect, maybe. You know, not really. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's actually not. I don't have a favorite film. That's what I'm saying. So the, the like the, the the definitive list would be the Wraith is third, Thrashing's and Trick or Treat or Todd for like one because Trick or Treat I love, but I have to be in a mood to watch those films, you know. But like. Sammy Kerr is probably 
arguably my favorite horror villain ever, like even more than Michael Myers or like Jason Voorhees or something like for some people, like my favorite is honestly Sammy Kerr. I actually get really pissed off when these like fan people try to act like they're some like huge fan of that movie and they're like 10 years old. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> like I saw that movie at the theater. Like I literally love that movie. Like a lot. Like I think that movie is so good. Like it, I, I love Gene Simmons in it. I love everything about that movie. So that that one's right up there with Thrash. And like I said, it, fa- it falls to number three. But I, so you have Trigger Treat and Thrash and Todd at one, and it falls to three. And Big Trouble's probably somewhere in there. It's like four or five or six. It's somewhere in there. Like I love it, but it's it doesn't touch those other movies. Like I love it, and I love John Carpenter, but I it does not touch those those. It, it's <clears throat> Big Trouble is a special film to me, and it's arguably probably my favorite Carpenter thing but it does not touch those others those others are so nostalgic for me because I used to rent them on VHS and just over and over and over again Where's Big Trouble I saw in the theater and you, you could always rent it there was always a copy there to rent it wasn't like it was hard to get you know yeah but more obscure stuff as I got older especially now like those movies are really near and dear to me but I can't put them on the, the, the biggest comparison I could give you to like a whoopee like you have Ghostbusters would be, be watching Saved by the Bell as embarrassing as it is it's the truth like okay, I can put that okay. on you can tell me the world's in it like I'm okay <laughs> <laughs> that's so, good though whatever it is I mean it doesn't even have to be a favorite movie it's Saved by the Bell I mean if it's but like yeah. that's what I'm saying I'm too complicated to just have of an individual emotionally to just have one thing like you know well, it's not one. I have multiple people, things, but I mean, make you know. fun of me for that. And then, you know, that's why I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it was like Saved by the Bell with vampires in it. Like it's cheesy, but it was fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, like I, there's a lot of stuff that I love. A lot of people don't realize how much I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like I love that shit. Like I yeah. love that show. It's good you know, show. There's a lot of things that I'm really into that I can watch. Like I love the monsters. Like I watch the monsters yeah. a lot. Oh, especially yeah. this time of year oh yeah absolutely but there's a lot of things that I love and, and you know what like I said I hate Rob Zombie but like but you know but his fandom for the monsters is just awesome like he's yeah. obsessed with it like I am saved by the bell like it's just hilarious to me <laughs> he's sitting there on that fucking um, screen factory fucking monster go home blu-ray he's literally recorded a fucking commentary track which is priceless it's him and fucking a kid that plays Butch Bush Patrick correct yeah sorry I'm fucking but whatever they're like drunk watching that movie and it's fucking hilarious it's actually the coolest thing Rob Zombie's ever done in his life because he's just a complete dork on that and it's actually really cool (laughs) that he's so into that show it actually made me like it. Like I said, there's things I, I just despise, but it's actually, if you guys are a fan of his, you should really watch that Blu-ray, even if you don't even like the monsters, just to listen to him geek out. Like, he is freaking out watching that. He's so fucking cool. And you remember when you did this and Fred Gwynn was on? It's just neat. It's neat to hear someone that's legitimately passionate about something. I don't think I've ever heard him passionate about anything in an interview. He is passionate about the fucking monsters, and it's actually, it's actually cute. <laughs> like, it literally... Makes. I honestly think it would be a talking point if you ever had me interview that dude. Like, because I could just talk to him about the whole time. Like, he legitimately is obsessed with it. Like, you are Ghostbusters. It's actually funny. <laughs> you know, like, it, 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 but it's relatable to me because I think the Monsters are cool because I grew up with that. Although, my favorite show growing up, like that when I was a child, was Happy Days. Oh, yeah. Um, which I want to thank Truly Alcohol for ruining the fucking theme song for Happy Days where they've turned it into this fucking, like, trance. Hip hop song 
along to sell their stupid alcohol. I'm thankful I've never seen that. <laughs> it's atrocious, but you know everybody's going to have nostalgia people like, like Happy Days. That's another one you could put that on. Yeah, I and watched that a lot when I was little. Put that on, chill me out. Happy like Days. Star Trek, put that on, chill me out. Like OG Star Trek. Yeah. Deep Space Nine doesn't chill me out. It just it actually stresses me out, but I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> you know. And something I've never talked about too much on this podcast. I'm a huge Stargate fan too. Um, I love Stargate SG One and I love Stargate Atlantis. I love both of those shows. Okay. And those were. That's the reason I hate Supernatural is because the Supernatural assholes on purpose made that show go longer so they could topple Stargate as the longest running sci-fi show so they can rot in hell. I hate those fucking cocksuckers. I don't have anything against those actors that play in that show, but the guys that created that need to be ball-batted by me. They need a visit from Dr. West in the middle of the night for fucking trying to, for just taking a dump on Stargate. It's like, really? Well, guess what? I'm going to bring Stargate back with Disney letting me ride it. Dr. Vincent West presents Stargate, and I'm going to fucking run it for like 30 years, and you're never going to touch my fucking thing. It'll run even after I'm dead. That's how much of an asshole I am about that. But no, uh, to back to Jennifer Jason Lee, I have something interesting to tell you about her. So when her dad died in that film, you can go back and find footage, and I think this is morbid, of Rod Sterling warning people not to fuck with his shit. Hmm. There, there are comments where he's like, don't remake it, I've cursed it, don't ever try to touch my, my stuff, don't ever mess with any of it again, because it's cursed. No. Yeah. And you know what they did? And if you go look up Twilight Zone, the movie, and look at all the deaths on the film, maybe they shouldn't have been fucking with it. Because Rod Sterling, a lot of people think, cursed that whole thing. Which is so weird. And Rod Sterling is a genius, because Rod Sterling, a lot of people don't know this, Rod Sterling wrote wrote and mixed the original movie adaptation for Planet of the Apes. That guy was a fucking genius, man. Yeah. You know? Everybody can make fun of me. Oh, Twilight Zone, it's fucking stupid. Actually, it's not. Well, I love the Twilight Zone, man. All of it. And he was a fucking genius. And, you know, but I'll tell you guys out there, if you're horror fans and you can't get into Twilight Zone, go on to Amazon Prime and watch The Outer Limits. The Outer Limits ran two seasons. That show is is the death metal. Like, if, if, if The Beatles is the Twilight Zone, then fucking... Outer Limits is the death metal genre of the horror sci-fi community back then. That shit is so ahead of its time, and I will highly recommend it to anyone out there right now. If you have Amazon Prime, go watch. Season 2 is okay, but there's only two seasons of it. But season 1 of The Outer Limits, incredible. Incredible hour of television. And a lot of it's horror-based. It's not always sci-fi stuff. So... It's good shit. I actually got wheelchair fucker watching it about a year ago, and he's like, man, this show's morbid. I was like, I told you, it's fucking rad. <laughs> good stuff. Just some stuff if you're bored and you're quarantining and you're trapped inside, watch you some Outer Limits. Oh, yeah. a cold one and watch Outer Limits, I do. So, uh... Dr. Vincent West approved. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee, I guess, got ripped in half by a truck. She did it's insane. Sorry, I've been all over the place in this episode. I'm just talking a lot today. No, that's cool. People are, see, no, you, you guys, guys are you supposed guys to be 
uh, hitting this shit up when we put it on. We're basically your audio commentary, because all we're going to do is rant over it anyway, so if you've ever listened to us before. So if you're surprised by that now, you know, almost five years later, it's like, you know, come on. You're supposed to be popping these movies in. Seriously, even you, Corey, Outer Limits, season one. You know, I I feel like I watched it. Where people fucking took stuff. I mean, even Gene Roddenberry was influenced by that. I mean, Outer Limits was the shit. I think I've watched some of it before, but. Twilight Zone guy. I even. uh, I like Twilight Zone a lot, but here's the thing. But if you watch. If you watch The Outer Limits, especially season one, that shit was so ahead of its time. It's just creepy. I mean, it's fucking... Kino Lober put those out on Blu-ray. I've got those, and they're just morbid. That show is morbid to watch. And in the 90s, they did a reboot of it. If you guys are... If you grew up with maybe the 90s Outer Limits, and it was shown on Showtime like Stargate SG-1 was initially, you can watch those streaming on Hulu. I think that's what I've seen as the 90s ones that make more sense. Oh, they're good. Those are great. They've got all-star casts. But they're not as good, in my opinion, as... I mean, the second original is that groundbreaking shit. Yeah. Like, Stephen King was upset. A lot of Stephen King's books, he claims, were influenced by watching Outer Limits. Not surprised. So. Because, like I said, Outer Limits was the... If Twilight Zone was Metallica, then Outer Limits was Deicide. <laughs> I mean, it's that much of an extreme difference to it. And it's, like I said, some of the, like there was an episode I watched recently where this bee, you know, I, you know, I love insects. Yeah. This bee turns into a human woman and, and tries to get this dude to fruit her. Ooh. I'm telling you, the show is raunchy, dude. Is but that... thank God they didn't have the practical effects back then to freak me out too much, you know what I mean? Yeah, it would be like, Oh, I know. If Cronenberg had done it, I'd been running out of my fucking house. Be like, here you go. Here's my Canadian bee woman, and she's like, oh. "Look, I'm telling you right now, I will say this about Cronenberg. If I ever did meet him, I would be like, dude, you are just a sick individual. <laughs> like, you, you seriously need to be locked up. Like, but you know what? I'm excited about kids. My favorite movie he ever did is coming to Blu-ray in December, and I've already pre-ordered it, and that's Crash from Criterion. Yeah. If you have never seen the movie Crash, we will be watching it on Godless Heathens or on here, because I assure you, we will be watching that, because that mo- I have waited so long to have a Blu-ray of that, movie, of that film. That film is so fucked up. Have you ever seen it, Corey? Uh-uh. So the movie, Elias Coteus and, um, uh, I can't think of that one chick's name, uh, she was in Desperately Seeking Susan. Madonna movie. I love Madonna. It's weird being way, but uh, I do. She's good. God, what is her name? Can't think of her name. Anyway, so James Spader is like one of the main actors in it. But the movie is about these couples, like the James Spader and his wife, actually like the having sex with men and women. And they meet Elias Coteus, and he's he's into the same stuff. But what he wants to do is it's wreck Holly Hunter. He wants to like. Yeah, she's in it. Yeah, Holly Hunter's in that. But um, but she wrecks the car. But like they'll they'll they, like Elias Coteus purposely gets in these car wrecks and they have sex with each other. Like him and James Spader wrecking this car together and then he fucks James Spader's butthole. 
What? I'm not making this up. Like, this is what goes on in this film. <laughs> and, like, he'll be driving by, James Taylor will be driving by with his with his wife in a car accident, and, she, and she's, like, jacking him off in the car, and she's like, God, I bet, I bet everybody in there is injured and hurt. And he's like, I'm going to cut him. And, like, I mean, it's like a porno. The fuck? People that, that are... That are into fucking men and women. This is this is men and men on men and women on women and, and men with women and everybody else. And they go and they purposely get these like classic cars and they go total them on the highway. And then they go find the victims in the hospital. And once they're healed, they have sex with them. <laughs> and I absolutely, I absolutely love the film. Like I, most of his stuff, I find just completely and totally disturbing. That movie is disturbing, but it's it's really nasty and it's just hot. It's just good. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it is it is very fucked up. There is literally a part where Elias Potatoes is plowing James Baker's butthole in the back of a car after they wrecked it together, which is really weird. <laughs> and his wife's up front, fucking. His, and then later that night, his wife is fucking James Spader and she's talking about him fucking. Elias Coteus nothing in his butt. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not making this up. It's a weird movie, dude. Like, if, if people have never seen that, that movie, I will give Cronenberg credit, all the credit in the world for that movie. That movie is fucking disturbing. <laughs> but I'm not bullshitting you about the content of it. It is weird. Yeah, and that's all him, too. He wrote and directed and produced that fucking thing. That's like... That's his well, there's, creation. There's another thing in that movie. There's another part where James Spader's wife is getting fucked by Elias Coteus, and James Spader's sitting there whacking off, and she's like, God, his scarred cock's inside my butthole. So that's, uh, <laughs> Deborah Unger is, uh, the wife. I'm just telling you, that movie is fucked up, dude. <laughs> it is seriously the most disturbing. Okay, let me put it to you like this. That movie makes... Blue Velvet seemed like a like a fucking Disney film. <laughs> as far as the disturbing level of it, now it's not it's not as good a film in my opinion as Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet's a better film and it's more fun to watch. But that Crash movie is fucking disturbing. Sounds pretty disturbing. But it's a, it's a Dr. West classic. I love it. It's another one where I'm just like, hey, I'm glad we just met. You want to watch Crash? Oh, this is weird. Yeah, check that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it is it's just a it's a it's a very sexual film but it's a sexual film about car accidents it's interesting yeah it comes out December but 1st I can't think of the other chick that's in there's another chick that's in that movie that's in Desperately Seeking Susan and you haven't named her yet it's not Holly Hunter it's uh Rosanna Arquette that's correct Rosanna Arquette is in Desperately Seeking Susan She's also in Crash, and her character in, in Crash is nuts. Like, James Spader's, like, looking at her scars or something. Next thing you know, he's, like, eating her out. Like, it's, I'm telling you, it's just weird, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty exciting. I'm have to check it out. And she is also in, uh... Relating back to our director here, funny you mentioned Rosanna, uh, Rosanna Arquette, because she is also in Nowhere to Run. Which is directed by Robert Harmon that directed this film. Van Damme, it's a great movie. Yep, and Kieran Culkin is in it as well. Which is uh, Fuller from 
<laughs> fucking Home Alone, which is funny. Um, so yeah. Wait, was he the one that was in the fucking Mayhem movie? No, that's the other Colton kid. Oh, sorry. No, the Kieran was in... Which, by the way, if you guys have never seen the Mayhem movie, I can't think of the name of it, it's amazing. It's so good. Wars of Chaos. It is really good. It's a really good film. It is. Um, and also with Crash, which is pretty damn cool, uh, Howard Shore did the music for it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, here's the thing. If you guys have never seen Crash, it is, in my personal opinion, the best thing Cronenberg's ever done. Like, that movie is, and, and Dead Zone, yeah. of course, but, but, but dude, and Crash is fucking insane. That movie's the crash is like Canadian as fuck too because all those actors are besides uh, who's um, Rosanna Arquette's not Canadian but um. you want to hear a funny story about Cronenberg too that I love Cronenberg has season tickets to the Maple Leafs like he never misses a game he goes <laughs> to every fucking game we're talking an 82 game season he does not miss a fucking game it's crazy and, and lives in Toronto still. Like, you know, I would love to meet him. Here's the thing with him. Like, I love some of his stuff. Like, I love his early stuff. Yeah. And then the, if he had never done The Fly, I, he would be one of my favorite directors. I just hate that goddamn movie. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. That movie, I cannot watch it. That's all it is, too. It's just like... <laughs> Especially when I live with Wheelchair Brundle. It's fucking disturbing. Wheelchair... <laughs> 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 Brundle yeah, fucker. You know, called that, and it fucking freaks me out. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like you're gonna... Come downstairs one day and barf all over my beard and tear my arm off, you know? Yeah, he's gonna fucking <coughs> puke in his cereal so he can digest it, and he's gonna be like... Dude, I'm, just, I'm, just telling, I'm just telling you right now, I like, I mean, Shivers is awesome, I love, you know... I love Rabbit. I, I like a lot of his stuff, but and I love Scanners. Scanners, shit. I, that movie's crazy. Yeah. Stuff, but, but yeah, I'm all about getting my hands on Crash because I'm telling you that movie is fucking bananas. <laughs> and all these people were mad because Arrow was putting it out, and I'm like, look, if Criterion's putting it out. It's going to be rad, just like that Bruce Lee set. That Bruce Lee set is the best thing I've bought this whole year. They put out Blue Velvet. You bought that for me last year. I fucking love it. It looks great. You know, Dude, Criterion. Criterion does not scam on their stuff. Even Night of Living Dead. That's like the. That's such like a. Just a basic yeah, movie you could put out, and it, it looks incredible. And the shit they included in it, like that Romero and fucking Coscarelli interview and shit, like that was fucking nasty. He's promoting Dawn, and Dawn's promoting so fucking cool, man. It's nasty. It's nasty is what it is. It is death metal. As fuck. It's like the most death metal shit on the planet was that interview you showed me. Actually, I've got a death metal thing I want to talk to you about. I know this is like our personal stuff and podcast related. Um, I have a little surprise for you. <clears throat> okay. I know you're going to be down here visiting me in Florida for Halloween. Uh-huh. Um, on the 30th, Yeah. Oak Mall, yeah. they're showing Exorcist, one not only. 
Holy shit. Yeah, that's that's it. We're going. It's happening. It's literally on August, or excuse me, on October 30th, so we gotta go see it. Let's go. I've never seen that in theaters. And they've released it a bunch Dude, of times, you know, the, the I'm gonna tell you guys right now, you have not seen been a while. Exorcist until you see it in a theater. It is the most death metal shit. Uh, it's really hard to watch even at home. That, that movie is, to me, the scariest movie ever made is that movie I'm not just saying it because I've never been able to comfortably watch that yeah I've never been able in my whole life to comfortably watch that movie like even now like when me and you tried to watch it like fairly recently I think we ended up both just falling asleep separately during it. It wasn't like we were. We did it for the crying. possessed interview, and I think we kept it. I think. No, we didn't. We re- we redid it. Did we chuck it? Okay. Yeah, because because <laughs> you ended up falling asleep, and then I was up, and then you fell asleep. So it was just it's like. Oh, oh. I won't fall asleep and we watch it. You can't. It's too loud in the theater. Like there's too much going on. Well, when we when we were doing that, it was one of those times where it was like super late at night too. You know. I think we had done another film before that. It was one of those double duty things we did, and you know, it was one of those things because it was still at the old house when that happened. This is like last year. I know I've said this on this podcast a million times, but if you guys didn't notice, the main priest—not Max von Sydow, but the main priest in The Exorcist—is actually Jason Patrick's dad. So, yeah. Lost Boys. Yeah. Which, if you had got to meet him, if you. God, that's the one thing I've always wanted to talk to him about. It's like, man, your dad is fucking horror royalty. Yeah. I mean, it didn't get better than take me. I'm just like, it's fucking possessed. Yeah, it's fucking rad. So that the, I think the two. Well, I think the three. In my opinion, like scariest movies, just just for effect purposes, to me that's always made me uneasy. But I love Exorcist is number one. Number two is The Shining. That sounds dumb, but number three is Hellraiser. I mean, it is. It's just that movie. Hellraiser is a disturbing. Film. It's goddamn raunchy, and it's it it. It's one of a kind. The way it makes you. I only, I only have two. The way it makes me feel is like fucking just. Ugh. I mean, I love watching. I have three. Are you ready? This is one, two, and three. Are you ready? Go for it. Number one, The Exorcist. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Are you ready? Yeah. That's weird. The Exorcist is coming on today. I'm going to record it. Huh. Um. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Master. Oh, you kidding me? It's just it, it's an, an uneasy feeling when you're watching this. It's genius, but it's an uneasy feeling purposely there. Yeah, I, would, I would tie that with Hellraiser, even put that before it, and put Hellraiser at like four, because I mean that well, movie. You, you that's, that's a good one, man. It you, is. You're, you're but, yeah, Texas Chainsaw is up there. One. I'm going to tell you another one. And I tried watching this in the middle of the night last night, and I want to give it some props, because I don't think I ever give it enough props, especially me being a Carpenter fan. First Halloween is freaky deaky in the middle of the night. It is. Yeah. Because he's just roaming, and it's the 
Man, seeing that in the theater is really bitching. You know, the only one out of those... You know, I've never seen Texas Chainsaw in the theater. I saw... Oh, yeah, it's I would love to. I, I saw Hellraiser, you know, with the cast or whatever when they did that thing in Texas. I thought that was really fun. Um, I mean, you saw The Shining a couple times, which is fucking rad. Um, so, yeah, seeing Exorcist would be great. The, what I just told you, though, about... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Because I told Jeff about it. Jeff from Possess, a uh, buddy of mine, he is going to actually go watch it where he lives. They're showing it one night only on October 30th. It's a fathom event thing. Now, they are also... Uh, playing, well, it'll be after I put this up, I'm sure, anyway, but they are playing Friday the 13th uh, for a couple couple days. They might be doing it a little bit more, I don't know, but... I gotta say, I went and saw it last night. It was, uh, if you want to hear about it real quick, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and still my favorite kill, and it's, it's Corey in a raincoat. He's <laughs> like, what are you doing out in this mess? <laughs> It's my favorite kill, too, because I always like that guy in it, and then when he dies, I still... It was one of the weird deaths where I was like, I actually still like that guy, even though he's dead, you know. <laughs> I was like, man, he's dead. Completely gone, I go completely crazy on Phantasm. You're wearing your, your Slimer shoes and your Ghostbusters 2 jammies, and you're like, what are you doing out in this mess? And then you're like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So yeah, in theater, it's been a while... It was pretty incredibly rough. effective, man. I, I tell you, it's a, it's, a, it's a good one. I like that one. I'm excited more for the Screen Factory one because... Yes. The people don't realize that the, the Steelbook that came out earlier this year and all this other stuff, it's the fucking unrated version. Yeah. What I saw last night's the straight-up R version. Like, I, I like it. It's just, it's fun the way that it is. I don't have to have it. I mean, it's cool to have it as a bonus feature, but I want to watch both, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to get the, the Friday box set. Um, just so I can watch the R version of the first film because it's just good. Yeah, it's going to be fun for uh, what is it? Part uh, Part Two, where they have a that uh, that scene in there that's been unearthed, and Part Three's got like some real three D oh, shit. I tell you that same at that Oak Mall, the same one I was telling you about, where I saw that last night. Uh huh. They're actually. This is another thing I want you to go. In <clears throat> well, there, there, there's two things I want you to do because they were showing the fathom of that things during it, but um, something else we're going to have to go do in December. They're showing Clockwork Orange over there. Oh man, that's another one too. That's just a disturbing ass movie. It's that awesome. That movie though. is fucking awesome. It is awesome. Uh, well, that's if they keep the theaters open because after this week they're going to be toast. Cause they, yeah, but that's its own thing. Remember that theater down here where I'm at? That's oh, yeah. Chain. It's its that's own true. Thing. Yeah, because any Regal, if they're doing that stuff, they're <laughs> shutting those down. But other theaters. I like it. Open. It's like my little indie horror. It's like, oh, you have your indie horror thing people go to. That's cool. You can go watch fucking Color of My Butthole and all this other <laughs> stuff and the remake of all these great films. And I'll go watch fucking Exorcist. Yeah. That's where we saw The Shining the first time. So it's going to be. Kind of cool to go back there and see that again. I'm not even joking. It's awesome. October 30th. I don't know what day that falls on, but they're showing that motherfucker. And I'm like, it'll oh, be yeah, a Friday. It's Friday. I'm all about it. I mean, I say we go grab some chow and then we go in there and fucking watch that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm, I'm down as fuck. We'll do it. I'm off that all week anyway, and it's Halloween. 
Go see the fucking Exorcist, the most OG Halloween shit, period. That's like... And a fun throwback to that movie, if you guys don't know this. I don't know if any people listen to us know anything about the band Twisted Sister, but that's what the song Captain Howdy's about. Yeah, that's what Reagan, Reagan called it. Yeah. She's talking to on the fucking thing, it's like... It's her imaginary it's like friend that's really... But I'm telling you, in the theater, you were going to duke yourself when he's like, take me... Yeah, me and the doctor, when we go to movies and stuff, when he's in town or I'm in his place, you know, his town, usually he's he's up here. But <laughs> we just, you know, people want to kick us out because we're like doing blast beats, like air blast beating and fucking windmills. And oh, we're going to be done. <laughs> that whole movie is just done. <laughs> as soon as the scene where she starts, like, where she, like, pisses on the floor, it's just like. It's like. That's when it starts. It just gets. It's you, know just, what I, you know what I was humming in my head last time I watched it. Last time I watched it was like what, five years ago when you were at that concert. Yeah. Um, but like right when you know when when shit starts going bad and they have to put her in her room and the medical tests fail and everything. So about about probably about a third of the way through the film, I'm like, we shall not rise. I mean, it's just it's just good times, man. You're over there and you're, you know. It's just, it's, it's the fucking Jesus wept, fucking yep. trying to... <laughs> or it's God, why have you forsaken me? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, dude, it's... Yeah. It's just perfect. It's just nasty shit. So, yeah, that's that's actually really exciting. And uh, looking forward to that. Uh, again, that, that's... It's, uh, seriously, the movie that started all for me as someone who watches horror to this day that always enjoyed it. And well, here's the other thing. I'm looking at something on it right now. You're going to be into this. I think we should do the double feature. It's actually cheaper. It's only 20 bucks. And guess what we get to watch before it? What? And this is something they're just locally showing. It's not like a... They're doing a double thing. feature with that? Yeah, we're and we're doing it. It's fucking Evil Dead 2. We're totally... Doing <laughs> Are you kidding me, dude? That's, I'm sitting here looking at it. I mean, I think Army's still my favorite, but Evil, Evil Dead 2, I, I fucking no, love. Fun, dude. Love that movie. I, I hate, speaking of Deicide, yeah, I, I, I really don't like the first one. It's such a hard-to-watch movie, like now, because I've seen it so many times. It's just not... Dude, that second one is the shit. The second one, though, is just like, oh my god, it's fucking raunchy. The part is like... Here this is for our audience. What's on Phantasm Podcast? Someone with a fresh soul. It's my favorite, one of my favorite horror scenes, like, ever. He's just like, uh, <laughs> the fuck does he say? He's like, uh, damn it, I lost my train of thought. It's that whole Dead by Dawn scene. Listen, Corey's Fruit Cellar, someone with a fresh soul. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Dead by Dawn. He's like, we are the things that were and shall be again. We want what is yours. Life! It's like... It's ridiculous. That whole scene is just fucking death metal. Then, of course, it's... You know Robert Tappert's gonna be at Morham next year, supposedly, but... That's know. awesome. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 is another one that's fucking death metal. I want to invest in some Sam Raimi gold. I'm hoping the new Doctor Strange movie's the tits, but here's the deal. All you need is Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and Darkman. Those are the best things he ever did, period. It's the trilogy. Yep. It is. That's the same. 
three movies I mean, are the tits. Those movies are the shit. I agree. Hundred percent. But no, Evil Dead Two is a great. I mean, I'll defend it till I'm dead. It actually is. It is fucking awesome. It's so good. It is, that's my favorite one. I mean, Army of Darkness is up there, but Evil Dead Two is just. Oh, yeah. it's so fucking. <laughs> You're gonna see that, and then the Exorcist. Yeah, that, oof, it's fucking nasty, dude. It's good shit. Yeah, deicide. I mean, it's deicide as fuck. Which is, <laughs> I mean, that's just that's some that's some death metal shit. That movie. And not to selflessly promote this podcast, but as a child, because my father lived near Morristown, I would go up to the remains, and my friend Matt and I would sit and literally drink. Jack Daniels until we pass out on the remains <laughs> by a campfire. Yeah, the original uh, Evil Dead grounds there in Morristown, yeah. Which is cool because even in the film, they're in Tennessee. I don't know if they're supposed to be Morristown, Tennessee in the film, but they're in Tennessee in the film. They weren't trying to be anywhere else. And but it's... Now it's thing, just... Kids, no one can touch Phantasm Podcast because we are the only... Podcast that has roots to Evil Dead. No one else on this planet has roots to it. And you guys have never heard this story. I'm going to tell it really quick. During the fucking comet blackout moon landing thing a few years ago, we were going to go meet Bruce Campbell. We were. We just didn't. We just straight up. Well, I think we'll meet him at some point in time. I think it's fated to happen, but I can't wait to tell him that story. It's like we didn't come because of the eclipse or (laughs) whatever the fuck it was. I saw him last year, a year before last. He did like that last fan standing thing that he does, like that game show thing. I saw that and that was cool, but you know, it wasn't the same as like actually meeting him. I didn't really have I was kind of strapped for cash to that convention so I didn't really fork over the dough I mean I saw him fucking sitting there it's pretty it's pretty insane honestly cause he's pretty dapper ass dude you know but um yeah it would be cool you know and I, I like that Sam Raimi does that shit now and I think it'd be cool you know I mean like I said Evil Dead's really overrated I think for what it is but it's like dude I'd be like dude Evil Dead 2 or Darkness Dark me like dude you're the shit man yeah, that's, the oh, those three movies are those three movies are outstanding. How you went from those to that Spider Man trilogy? I'm not, I'm not even going to go into that with you, Mister Ramey. But goddamn, I mean, I love Spider Man. I wish he had done it right, but that's not what happened. No, but I don't know. He he did the, he did a really good you know bunch of movies there. Oh shit! Evil Dead Two. This is for all our viewers out there, and for Corey, Evil Dead Two is streaming on Hulu right now. There you go. Yeah, it's weird as I had a copy of it on Blu-ray, and I ended up selling it because I was going to get the 4K, and I do not have it. But they have a steelbook of it. I actually have them. I actually believe it or not, I have the 4K. I was going to get it, and I just haven't seen it because I actually just wanted to find it and not like buy it offline. Because they do have a 4K steelbook that I think Fye put out a while back, but it's out of print now. Because I have a steelbook of, of the first Evil Dead, the original, and so I wanted a steelbook of Evil Dead 2, I guess that's why I just kind of didn't buy it, and then I have the, you know, the Scream Factory Army of Darkness or whatever, but... 
the Army and Argus I have is worth a lot of money. I have the steelbook that the Screen Factory put out. Yeah, it's a nice one. Some of one of the best steelbooks they put out too. That artwork's fucking beautiful. Oh, uh, just to let you guys know, I'm running to the Sam Raimi stuff real quick here to give you guys what's up streaming. If you have the Peacock app, which I do, Dark Man is free this month. So nice. And so is Blues Brothers. Yeah, I think Dark Man is also on HBO. I think they're all on there. Pretty sure. Not the first one. The first one's only on Peacock. So that's two and three. I saw it on one of the streaming apps. I saw them on there. So I don't know if it was HBO or what, Amazon, something like that. It's on. It's well, on. I'm not huge on streaming, but I don't mind telling our fans where this stuff is, that way they can watch it. Yeah, you know? like today, our feature film was on HBO. You can and you know, and you can do it two ways. The doctor had it on his TV subscription, and then uh, I had it on HBO Max. It's nice to watch those fucking ads too. Yeah, because usually we do Tubi or. You know, and and tubby. ads on yeah, Tubby, and we have ads on it, and it's a pain in the ass, but uh, it's free, and we can still do this quarantine stuff and uh, give you guys a feature film and uh, another episode to listen to while you're quarantining or back to work or whatever the fuck you're doing, you know, doing your thing. So I am watching Don't Tell Mama Babysitter's Dead. That's my double feature. Tonight. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I love this movie. Well, yeah, uh, final thoughts. Love it. It's, it I, I, I know we kind of didn't talk a lot about the film. The history is just a great film, and it's kind of slow, so I'm glad we were on pace talking today, because you guys are just trying to watch it, and you're kind of tired. Make sure you're awake when you watch because <laughs> it is kind of a slow mover, but it's a great film. Yeah, it's more, you know, when it gets into the stuff with Nash and all that, it kind of, like, makes it a little bit the pace slow down from what's really going on but I will say this the remake has a better pace to it yeah I think it's a the short remake is relentless Sean Bean is an ass in that movie <laughs> Brother Howard is a pussycat compared to Sean Bean it's crazy and I mean I'm, I, I prefer the original you know because I grew up with it and saw the theater and all that good stuff but I'm telling you the remake it's man it's it, it's pretty relentless for what it is yeah and it's actually streaming on sci-fi right now if you guys want to watch the Hitcher. Of course, it'll be edited, but not too bad. Yeah. They'll drag you out to the filthy desert. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, it, the Hitcher's classic. Rucker Howard's just... Well, he's very, like I said earlier, he's very cerebral in this, and just, he's... He's got that stare, man. He just knows what he's doing when he's acting. It's crazy. He's the cool motherfucker, and... Uh, you can tell they chopped it up a little bit and they could have been a lot raunchier but I mean I think it's just more the subtleness of it and like kind of how you know the the John Ryder character comes back and forth like out of nowhere and there's not much anticipation of it he just shows back up I think that's pretty cool how they did that and you know it's it's a solid film man it's you know he's a good character and see Thomas Howell's great in it and Jennifer Jason Lee's great in it, and it's, it's good shit. Solid. She's not in that movie as much as you think when you watch it. It's kind of no, she's she's kind of like second half, you know. I mean, she's in it, but she's not. She's in it for the second half, and then she gets chopped in half. So yeah, more like stretched in half, but stretched in half. 
But yeah, it's solid shit. I, I dig it. It's a good choice, as always, from the doctor. Another thing, too, if you guys are into watching streaming stuff, um, the death documentary, which I highly recommend, uh, is on Tubi still. Um, not sure why, but it's on their streaming free. If you guys haven't seen it, it's worth watching. It's pretty cool. I think there's a couple of them on there, but there's one that's like the main one. I have to be honest with you. I thought they did a pretty good job considering what they were working with. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It's good stuff. You guys just want some good metal documentaries. I mean, Tubi's got a lot of that stuff anyway. You can just find weird shit. Like, there's a... And one of my favorites, if you guys want to watch it, speaking of Hulu... You can watch uh, *Tomorrow the Western Civilization* Part Two on here right now. Yep. Which is a lot of it's fun. Also on Amazon Prime. It is. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of cool stuff on there and on Tubi and Amazon Prime's got like cool stuff too, like weird metal documentaries and. Um, Peacock also has all the. Uh, Yep, they were on HBO, and they got taken off of there. Uh, they got ripped off of there to go on Peacock, so that's where they're at now. I mean, I own them all anyway, but it was nice to have them on an app, so I don't have to open my Blu-rays and put them in my Xbox. I can just, you know, load them up, because I, I can't tell you how many movies I own, and I just stream it instead, because I don't feel like fucking messing with them. I like keeping them in their cases and leaving them alone. So... Yeah, those Harry Potter movies I've binged all the time when I got Max and watch them on here instead of popping them in. So, plus I don't have the 4Ks. A lot of these apps now they stream in 4K, so it's kind of upgraded from what I have anyway. Just like a regular Blu-ray, so that's kind of nice. <laughs> I love her. She's so sexy. Not in this movie, but she's sexy now. She's really attractive. I'd love to meet her at a convention. I've met her. Try out the doctor's penis. <laughs> she's actually close to my age, too. I didn't realize that. So, it's, it's not me doing anything weird. She's actually an older lady, so that's good. <laughs> Speaking of older ladies, there's Leela. But yeah. Wow, that's really weird. Pictures good. I wish there was a nicer hot end. Hot seems like something that fucking uh, Severin or fucking Vinegar Syndrome will end up putting out. Yeah. It just seems like something that they'll end up doing at some point. The fact that they put out the most controversial film ever to never be released on Blu-ray, and then they put it out on 4K with Rad. I mean, I guess they can do anything they want. What is it? The fact that they put Rad out in 4K is insane. Oh, yeah. Well, so Rad is, uh, that was 86, too, so. That's, that one's up there, man. That's another 
Oh, okay. Don't mention it. That's that's another major film that I love. I don't love it more than Thrashing, but it's up there. I will take Rad over Big Trouble, and um, I'll take it over. Uh, probably take it over the Wraith, even. Huh. No, nah, it's kind of tied with Wraith, so it's just tied right there with Wraith. And Big Trouble's like slightly below it. Right. But Rat is a great movie, though. Leland, did you just pee on that? <laughs> Sorry, Wiltshire Fucker's cat is... She's a small beast. Yeah. reason was because that fucking Bond movie got pushed back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, whatever, but... it doesn't get too bad but we'll see but yeah we uh thank you guys for tuning in and uh sticking with us through all this and uh, we hope you enjoyed the hitcher we've never seen it and uh yeah stay fucking gory As everything ends and crumbles around me, I give you a fresh beginning. This is Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor from the Phantasm Podcast. Prepare yourselves for godless reasons coming soon.